Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at by-alliance.org uh, Welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on the dial uh, On today's show we have Brendan here talking about his um, experiences of stigma and exclu- exclusion in the workforce and interviewing we have Mark and Chris. Over to you guys We're here with Brendan today to discuss the effect of stigma surrounding mental health issues in the workplace. Brendan's going to be sharing some of his valuable life experience with with us so that we can seek opportunities to educate the public and foster growth and understanding. Brendan, would you like to tell us a little bit about your work history? Well, when I left school in October of 1980, 36 years or thereabouts, I... um, I've had seven jobs in which I've worked 23 years, all up. In May of 2003, I saw Dr Cameron Fitzpatrick, who was the director of the Victoria Clinic, and I was eventually diagnosed with high anxiety and psychotic. Now, when I go for a job and the employer looks at my resume, he looks at it and says, well, that's very fine, 23 years' work, but what is this glitch of 10 years? And I say to him, well, I've been on the disability for 10. Uh, Why are you on the disability I have a psychiatric illness. What is this illness? I say the word psychotic, and he looks at me and thinks that I'm something that fell out of outer space. And it's very... I mean, he shows me the door. It's very difficult to... um, convince him... Otherwise, well, it's impossible. The door has been given to you and you have to leave. Um, I suppose if you didn't leave, they'd probably call in security of the police, I would assume. 
Um, so, Brendan, just to just to interrupt, we discussed off off air earlier how your experience of having a diagnosis and having having treatment and managing your experience has created almost a barrier for you being able to re-enter society through work, through meaning, through purpose. How do you think we, collectively and individually, can address that kind of thing? I think that governments of the day should provide some form of an advertising campaign to eliminate the stigma, particularly with the words schizophrenia and psychotic. And... Um, so you're talking about an education... Uh, an, an, an educational program. process, mm. which could be on the TV of a night time, um, relaying what I've just described with actors. Yeah. And... Um, and you know, educating them to say that if a person has got schizophrenia or is psychotic, provided by they take their medication, it's managed. Indeed. The so illness we, is managed. We spoke again earlier today about how all of us, uh, if we're honest, have challenges of some kind in our lives, health challenges, whether they be physical, whether they be emotional, whether they be psychiatric. The big, the big issue is how we manage them. So when, as you rightly say, you are managing your health, then there's no reason or no barrier that should exist for you being offered meaningful work and opportunity. No, there should not. Should so, not at all. So the education process is, is key to this. So we fill that, that gap um, or that vacuum created by ignorance, uh, which is immediately feared with, filled with fear and stigma, with knowledge and understanding and direct contact with people like you, like me, who can talk about their lived experience and talk about how they manage it effectively. Is that, mm. that the sort of thing you're talking yes, about? Yes, yes, definitely. And Brendan, uh, as you talk about education as a powerful tool to help reducing the stigma associated with things such as psychosis and schizophrenia, would you also say that these education campaigns could be used for a broader scope of health issues? Do you think that it might be able to help people with bipolarism or even just physical health issues, something that is literally visible to the human eye? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems to me that taking away the fear of ignorance and uh, supplanting it with something where we can understand that we can actually build helpful, productive well, the relationships. Well, the fear of ignorance, the ignorance has not been helped by Hollywood in the film industry. Mm. When we look at the film Psycho, which portrays a person that has got schizophrenia, mm. and people go in, they see it, Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, anyone with schizophrenia is dangerous to society. And that film is, what, 56 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very powerful film, you know. And that's how um, stigma must, I believe, be wiped completely off if it is used in film. Yeah. So an alternative to that image that is portrayed by <coughs> excuse me by psycho the film psycho and others yeah. um, 
could be could be uh, having uh, an alternative and a genuine and a real experience of someone's mental illness. I, I think of that film that Russell Crowe was in, um, mm, a, beautiful a Beautiful Mind. mind. Yeah. Yes. So yes. there's someone who's suffering from psychosis uh, and and who who has a positive portrayal of their life. So these are the ways that we can balance out the prevailing ignorance and fear mm-hmm. by offering genuine and realistic. Uh, Stories or, or, or retellings of, of real life circumstances like yours. You spoke earlier about how you use music and, and your high fi Classical system. music, yes, um, definitely. Yeah, and, and there's nothing uh, it keeps less frightening. Me calm. <laughs> it keeps yeah. me calm and it, it, it uplifts me. Yeah, you indeed. Know? I mean, um, um, particularly Beethoven. Particularly Beethoven. Beethoven. What, yes. What reason is Beethoven so resonant for you? Well, you listen to his pieces and you get the idea that all the trouble and grief and that in life you overcome and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, that's lovely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very inspirational. Yes. And, and that light can... at the end of the tunnel is the thing that I think you're talking to being excluded from in, in the context of workplace opportunities as a result of people's erroneous views or un- untrue views of what someone with a lived experience of psychosis or anxiety actually has. Mm, yes, yes, indeed. Yes. So really what it comes down to, and, and I know a lot of the work we do at my fellowship is around reducing stigma and increasing awareness through education. That's sort of big part of our mission, which is why we're so happy to have you here helping us with it, is directly um, contacting community and organisations with our lived experiences. In other words, people being able to talk about how they're effective with their experience of their, their health experiences, whether that be a um, a gammy leg or 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 a um, or a episodic um, psychosis experience. So these things uh, can be can be addressed purely through people hearing what really lies beneath. And it's fun- it's funny when. Someone says to someone in the street, what is wrong with you? And you say, oh, I've got bowel cancer. Mm. And, you know, oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. But if you turn around in the street and say to someone, I've got a psychosis, mm-hmm. my God, I mean, they, they just walk completely away. Mm-hmm. There's no sympathy or condolence or anything like that said. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten times. Mm. You know, so it, it's uh, it's 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 an unfortunate thing that has to change in mm. society. It sounds like there's an element of shame involved as well for the person admitting to their mental health issue. Yes, which there isn't for other health issues. Interestingly, no, no, no there isn't. And no. a lot of that can be around the consequences, the feared consequences of disclosing what you're experiencing. You, uh, through experience, have recognised that people respond negatively to it. So what that will obviously do is have you uh, less likely to disclose, in which case you start containing and compressing yourself more and more and not being able to share your experience of being a human being. Mm-hmm. You become very... Well, you, you do become very depressed. Mm, indeed. Yes, yeah, and that doesn't help the situation. And isolated? Isolated, Mm. and in the end result, you are ostracised from society. 
Mm. And you are cut off from society. Mm. Mm. And you feel cut off and you feel mm. ostracised mm. even when it's not necessarily occurring because that's been your experience, isn't it? And the extreme thing is you could commit suicide. Well, yeah. Possibility, mm. maybe. Mm. We hope that that doesn't occur, but it's a possibility, though. Indeed, yeah. indeed so. Well, people people do get into places of hopelessness um, mm. at worst, yeah, indeed. Yeah. And it seems that one of the most important and valuable things for anybody, mental health issue or no, is having a life where they find meaning and purpose in it. And often people find this through their employment or something they're passionate about. But if I you're feeling ostracized, then it becomes harder to integrate yourself into the world around you. Mm. Yes, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Apart from, I mean, I'm very lucky because I've got good um, uh, uh, family support particularly from my sister, mm-hmm. who was in the criminal justice system for 31-odd years, and she supports me through thick and thin, mm. you know, That's and she's wonderful. had more thick than thin. <laughs> and, of course, uh, um, uh, I mean, I would never... I would never become homeless uh, because the family, both distant and close would make sure that that mm. never happens. I'm one of the lucky ones, Yeah. but let's say that the bulk of the 100,000 that are homeless, I mean, the bulk of them are people with psychiatric illnesses, mm. and yeah. that's very sad. They're definitely overrepresented in the homeless and in, 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 the, in the ranks of, of poverty uh, in, in, our, in our community and all communities. I think we're, um, we're about to head off to a little bit of a uh, break. Yep. Um, stay tuned for more brainwaves. Violence can destroy families. I decided one day that I could not stand having my children witnessing more of the physical, verbal and emotional abuse. While I was facing issues of family violence, I heard about a service available to assist people in my situation called InTouch. I called InTouch and spoke with someone in my language. InTouch gave me the support I needed. Thanks to the people at InTouch, I've been able to rebuild a better life for my family. If you need advice, contact InTouch for a free and confidential discussion in your language by calling 1-800-755-988 or search InTouch Multicultural Centre online. InTouch, brought to you by Victorian Women Lawyers and funded by Victoria Law Foundation. Welcome listeners back to Brainwaves. Uh, on today's show we have Brendan here talking about his experiences of stigma and exclusion um, in the workforce. Over to you guys. So, Brendan, earlier in the show, you brought up a very interesting point, and that was that there had been stigma created by a portrayal of schizophrenia in the media, specifically Alfred Hitchcock's movie Psycho. Uh, I find this very exciting to talk about because I believe that, and I think you do as well, that media and storytelling can be used to either create or reduce stigma. And I just wanted to bring up a point that was very resonant to me, which was Abraham Lincoln. He's one of the most famous American presidents, famous for abolishing slavery and leading a civil war in the United States of America to do that. Something that's not very known about Abraham Lincoln is that he suffered from severe depression for his whole life. Saudi Churchill. Mm, Exactly. Many of these great leaders did. And they were able to draw upon this mental anguish and uh, pain to actually strengthen themselves and create more resolve. So I think it's just interesting to bring up this aspect that even when there's pain and struggle, people are able to grow and develop and become stronger humans who are able to accomplish more even than they would otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Yes. 
even even because of these challenges and 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 this pain and struggle, people obviously need to develop strategies and processes mm-hmm. to be able to make themselves have a life worth living. Uh, I, we often overlook that those of us who are fortunate enough to find our way through mental illness and coexist with our experience, our our unique experiences of mental illness, have incredibly good skills in developing and maintaining their health and often they are greater than the general so-called general populace in actually maintaining their capacity to work effectively my my understanding is that the illness that i've got i have to take my medication which i do Mm. you know i go to the victoria clinic Every every month and have my depot injection, Respidel Consta, and there's there's never a problem. There's never an issue with it. And if I can do that, and mix in my love for classical music, mm-hmm. particularly Beethoven, I find that that I that I get through it. Mm-hmm. That I get through it. That I've got a good a good resolve. And can I say that the staff at the Victoria Clinic who are probably listening to this, uh, magnificent people. It's a magnificent private hospital. Well, here, here to them, I say, if they are listening, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work. Yes. Look, what, what, um, what I think, uh, there's a quote I've got here from, from a uh, website that uh, I think is worthy of mentioning. It's um, a guy called Sam Ryan, who himself has a lived experience of mental illness, works for a uh, works within a not-for-profit organisation called Right Now around human rights. And uh, his little quote, which I think is really quite um, relevant, is uh, something like this. Though our experience does not define us, it does shape us, and often in significant and positive ways. And it immediately brought up for me, we think of illness and we think of challenge and we think of difficulties and suffering in a deficit way, as if there's less of us as a result of it. But the truth could just as easily be there's more of us. Mm. We speak about Churchill and Lincoln and, and the dude from, um, uh, from A Beautiful Mind and stuff <laughs> like that. These people are extraordinary. John Nash, John Nash thank you. John yeah. Nash. Extraordinary um, examples of a more than, not less than, in the, in the presence of significant mental illness, including psychosis. So, and the words that come up to me, not just positive ways, but productive, creative and innovative ways. So employers and just the general population could all serve themselves very, very well by recognising and leveraging these positive attributes rather than running away from the fear-based... See the human person, not the label. Mm. Yeah. That's the key to it. The whole person. See the human person and not the label. And this is it. Schizophrenia is such a... Uh, very misunderstood label. It's a, it's a very hard label, and it used to in the 1890s be called dementia praecox, the splitting of the mind. Yeah. And it's, it's once someone says schizophrenia, the people just run a mile away from you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's incredible, it's terrible, mm-hmm. you know. A stigmatising label... Uh, and I think we spoke about that earlier too. Some of the labels that are applied to people who have um, a, a human experience of a challenge around mental health uh, uh, are extraordinarily stigmatising and defining. And I think it's really, really important to recognise that 
a diagnosis is not a definition of a human being. It's a bit like um, saying someone who... You mentioned cancer earlier. Um, someone who's suffering from cancer, you don't call them cancer, you know? Um, <laughs> no. You don't say, oh, hello, cancer, how are you going? It's not. It's, it's something that has occurred uh, in their experience. And these labels that, were, that we have applied to us with mental health challenges are not who we are. They are experiences that we have. Those distinctions are really important for people to hold because it can become a self-defining and self-limiting circumstance which, again, affects the way employers and opportunity for inclusion in, in, in the recovery pathway, which includes work and meaningful employment, um, that's how they get shut down, by people being labelled and stigmatised and defined by a challenge. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. Yeah, and uh, at the same time, it's just as possible for this facet of a person to be a very enriching thing. We look at Brendan, who's very intelligent, capable of discussing classical music in depth. And that's a great stereo. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely I do. Yeah, so I've spent some thousands on it. Yeah. But, uh, um, I'd be, if my music was taken away from me, I'd be lost. Yeah. I'd be lost. A bit like Beethoven. Right. Mm. Yeah, well, he was he was he was deaf, but if we go back to another individual that had autism, was Albert Einstein mm. back in the um, I believe he had Asperger's Asperger's yeah. Asperger's syndrome. Mm. So when he he was um, uh, uh, he was a you know a great um, a great thinker, a great mathematician mm-hmm. like Nash. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Look, I'm aware that we're 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 getting close to the end of our end of our program. Is there anything anyone wants to sort of finish off with to sort of leave our our listeners and ourselves with a sense of positivity and yeah <laughs> and hope? <laughs> I've got a sort of a question to pose to anybody listening who's considering this. Um, how can you look at the enrichment of a mental issue as a way to have a person be leveraged into a more productive and efficient role? What are they able to offer that somebody else without that experience could not? Mm, indeed. Keep asking that question. Keep that question front of mind in everyone's, in everyone's reality. The organisation My Fellowship very much runs on that, on that, um, on that line, is, is uh, how, can we, how can we best weaponise experience? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Brendan, for coming on to our show. Um, you can listen to podcasts of our show at brainwaves.org.au and download from iTunes. Feel free to send us feedback or suggestions for shows via email at brainwaves at myfellowship.org. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist coming up next on 3CR. Until next week, it's goodbye from the team. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Brainwaves 